0: Email Dr. Jacqueline at USAGlobalTV.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and happy day after Thanksgiving, also known as Black Friday here in the United States. I know some people have been Wide-eyed since five in the morning, waiting for those fabulous deals. Well, here at USA Global TV and radio, we bring you education, hope, and inspiration. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. Today, we have a special event a special time for presenting Pet Psychic Amina. So I thank Amina dearly for making the switch and just doing this particular episode today at this time. We've got a hot topic. It's somewhat of a controversial topic. It's about purebred or mixed breeds. And I know people have some very strong feelings about this. Here to walk us through the education and the background, her extensive experience, as a pet psychic, but also as a trainer, also as someone who has spent decades around animals and various habitats and experiences, and somebody who is all about coexisting and giving back to the world, to the planet, to the community, to humanity. Let's welcome Pet Psychic Amina, joining
1: us from California. Hello. Thank you so much. Wow, I'm going to have you write my resume, but I don't think <laughs> I'll need another job because you've given me this Amazing platform to talk about heart work, and that's what animals are. It, they there are hearts. So many are choosing pets instead of children. I'm not saying it's easier. Def, no, definitely <laughs> not easier. Have you ever tried to potty training something? At least the human, you put a diaper on, you have low mark control. But <laughs> I've seen them put on dogs. Um, so we want I really want to share. Thank you so much for that intro. It's dead on. Breeding is a very touchy subject, especially with professional breeders. I'm sure they feel attacked, and we are not doing that. We're—I'm not here to to say everything is good or everything's bad. There's a few things that aren't. Don't murder anybody. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't steal. There's a few lines in the sand, but otherwise, I want you to think about your pets as if they were you or your child or your spouse or your cousin or somebody you deeply love. And if they're having their sixth litter in six years, even if it's just once a year or, or, or any number of babies, because you wanted puppies. I hear this all the time. I've heard it my whole life, my whole life. as a kid, Oh, puppies, let's go see them. But in the back of my mind, even as a child, I was like, wonder how that mom feels because she looks exhausted when we would go see her and and it is exhausting raising five ten three twelve newborns and it is on her body to take care of them so what are the pros and cons there's lots of them
0: Sorry, I was I such. Was like That's okay. I, I don't like, want yeah. the whole
1: show everybody hear me do a <laughs> diatribe of of this. I want them to say, "Oh, there's balance in the conversation." Yeah. So yes, you know, I you know as a public speaker, you just go on and on and on. But I want to bait everybody and say, "Tell me what you want to know," but I'm going to share you what I want you to absolutely take away from the show.
0: Fantastic. So I have a question and this has come up. Actually, uh, my little guys, you know, I've shared the picture before. They've all passed away sadly. Um, But I went to a breeder for two of them. Two of them were purebred, and the other was a mutt. And at the time, I didn't really know anything. It was a long time ago. And, right. of course, since then, I've I've done a lot of research about it. But people have even gone a step further. And uh, I don't know how this whole thing works, but cloning to get yes. specific breeds together. And that's a whole other subject. So, a Pet Psychic Amina, what I'd love for you to walk us through is what are the various options for types of dogs? In other words, you have, let's say, I'm getting an example. You have a German Shepherd and, and right. they're fully German Shepherd. Then you have other breeds that are mixes of dogs. And right. I would assume that's because one breed of dog gets together with another breed of dog. Right. And then you have these, um, I want to say designer. <laughs> yes, designer that, that is
1: absolutely a thing, a designer dog. So I'm going to, I'm going to back up one more step to introduce the breeds is I loved that we started this conversation of putting this show together about, do I need a purebred pros and cons of purebred as opposed to a mutt, the uh, unknown. Now we have plenty of science that we can take a blood sample of dogs, cats, animals, and it's done all the time especially with professional animals that are show animals specifically i don't know if the police do it but i would say it's possible they're very very specific on the breeds that they use so blood work is very important in knowing genealogy and why well you're going to see hip dysplasia in some of the bigger dogs you see it in the german shepherds especially American bread. I have no other country to base this on because I've only lived in the U.S. with these animals. So I'm not going to um, assume that this is done in other, other countries. But if you'll look at the trajectory of just the German shepherd, and I happen to have rescued a few, so I've had them personally. And what they have done is people really love certain coats or they love certain looks or they think they should be 65 pounds to 130 pounds, okay? In a dog, that's really big. And what you're going to see is this slant, literally. Here's their shoulders and their head, and their hips are back here. So what happens when you require a dog to stand less on his pads, but a little bit back on the hocks, that's, that's not the way that the foot was designed. What happens is hip dysplasia. It is incredibly common in the bigger dogs, your labs, your uh, uh, big shepherds in any of uh, the St. Bernards less so because they tend to have a very flat back, but German shepherds specifically, because I have the most experience with them. I'm going to stick to what I actually know. Hands on is they are designed to stand, to stand at a slant. I don't know. Like, I don't know about you, Jacqueline, if I was on all fours and I had to buckle my knees a little to be up the sand pretty, because that's what it is. It's it's a look people like. Mm. It's a look. And they are also building them too large. So shepherds uh, originally are are anywhere from. Forty five pounds at the smallest to now the designer dogs are up over a hundred Wow, so that is way too much for those knees and hips to support on an angle. Mm-hmm. Think about driving your car up a hill. Just a little hill, a bunny hill, <laughs> we call it. And if your back tires were were squished down, you know how they, do you remember there were low rider cars? Sure up and yeah. down and yeah. people drive in the parking lots. Well, they can only do that so many times with the hydraulics. Your dog doesn't have hydraulics; it it's not a thing. So it is constantly taking that hip and wear and on the on the knees, um, the paws. If it's all set off, so if his paws are designed to be up to just this section touching the ground, and you've dropped the hawk down, how ergonomically sound is that? So. My only problem with purebreds is that they are over-designed. They're designed for an upper ear. They're designed for a floppy ear. Maybe that was in the breed. Maybe it wasn't. So you have to, I mean, look at our logo just behind uh, us on the show. There's a beautiful black and white dog there. And he's got one ear up and one ear a little floppy. Now, that's adorable. And in a show ring, uh, they kick you out because it's not perfect. So show ring is not what we're talking. We're talking about everyday pets. So if you want a cat or a dog with a flat, like a pug, they have a very flat face. I'm not up on the latest on designer pugs, but that is wasn't how they were born in the wild because everybody pretty much came from a wolf and if you've ever seen a wolf's nose they're pretty long they're great for snipping things out putting their nose in the leaves in the dirt all of those functionalities but now we've got animals with noses that are right up flat on their face and you'll talk to any vet talk to anybody who's on them they have a tremendous amount of breathing problems. Now they're designed now to be little little bitty things, but they can get at least ten to fifteen pounds and want to run around. If you've ever been around one, they really struggle to breathe. It's a <laughs> that's exactly the way it sounds, and it's like did they have asthma. I would I would hate to have that. So designer dogs have. place in the world to a certain limit people really 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 got when I was I had a German Shepherd I rescued and uh, he'd been dumped in a backyard (laughs) he was a purebred and found the breeder and this dog was worth over a thousand dollars and he jumped into my lap because we have to have bought the house that he was dumped in so what do you do I kept him busy But I had to really be uh, aware of, we did agility training. It was great to build our relationship, but he was a very, very active dog. But he also was a very, very, very gentle slant to his back. He didn't have a deep slant, which agility is really tough on. What is agility? You're jumping over hoops and bars and through tunnels, and we make it a a great, a great game. Uh, Absolutely a great game. And someday I'll have to tell you about my biggest my biggest faux pas in the ring. It was hilarious. Everybody just, the whole audience went, oh. And anyways, I'll tell you that on another day with Jake. It was, it was, it was, it was just terrible. Anyways, I'm as normal as everybody else. But if you know agility, you know, they're supposed to run on your command and you stop and go through. They have to hit marks as in you have to get through the tunnel in the tunnel, not around the tunnel,
0: mm-hmm. over
1: Over the hurdles, not around the dome. So we weren't uh, going as fast, and we were getting to the end of our circulation. And uh, anyways, so I asked him to pick it up, and I said, "Pick it up!" (laughs) He jumped straight over three, three different obstacles, and said, "I did it faster." (laughs) I'm thinking, "Yeah, that was on me." And the whole audience, when he jumped off the high dive, because what it was a he was running up a ladder, and he's supposed to just jump off as he gets over. But mm-hmm. he he jumped off about three steps higher and out. And it looked like he was just sailing. they like, oh, my God, he's going to break a leg. And the whole the whole arena went, oh! and we all held our breath. And then he hit the ground. But the, luckily, the ground was this very soft soil and puppy stuff. And it went, <laughs> went
0: hmm, oh, my gosh. My
1: bad. <laughs> my bad. So we're all real. I, and I rescued him out of a backyard that we bought the house that he'd been dumped it, with a septic tank. They removed a the hole. Okay. So you understand septic tanks. We're talking 10 feet down and about five feet across. And this dog was dumped in this yard until we got there. We don't have no idea how long he'd been there. Um, so they just up and moved. That's a whole, whole mother show of, of abandoning your pets, but he was purebred. He had a tattoo in his ear. So I looked up the breeder and she was devastated to find out that he had been dumped. They had paid over $500 for this dog and they literally just walked away from him. So luckily I had him for his entire lifetime. Didn't make him jump any more hoops too soon. We had a wonderful time. He was great with the kids. My children were very small at the time. So I'm talking about real life experience, not only on my own, but Reading that purebreds surely have a place. There are poodles that come with no dander. Most poodles, Bichon Frigés are part of this. They come with very, very, very small dander. Why does that matter, Dr. Jacqueline? Do you have any idea why dander in a dog would matter around other people? They're allergic. Exactly. You understand this. You have had allergies, I think, and mm-hmm. other issues that I know I've had with different things. I had allergies for pollen like crazy. And I'm a gardener. Isn't that a really good thing? So I'm taking 900 pills. Yes. You know what? Eat honey. Wow. Local. This is the key. Local honey. Because you want the bees taking pollen to make their honey where you live and exist with those plants. So I ate honey every day. I don't even know how long. Everybody's different. Who, who doesn't like honey? <laughs> Put it on Anything, eat it by itself. But it has to be non-filtered. So most stores will not carry unfiltered. So you need to go to a Whole Foods place, but you have to get it from a local beekeeper. Because if they're taking from plants in Wyoming and you live in California, it's not the same. It's not the same pollen. It's not the same thing. You will be around sneezing your heads off. To this day, I have, don't have to eat tons of honey. And I have immunity for the plants of where I live. And if I have any setbacks, that, let's say I move. Because I've moved a couple of times over four or five hours, much less miles. So the plants will change. Okay, so anyways, getting off track, as always, with all the, I want you to know, the difference between a purebred and a, and a mutt, as we call it, or a crossed animal, is uh, zero, and why do I say that? And a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but they're an animal. They have a heart, they have lungs, they have emotions. They have floppy ears or straight ears or a long nose or a flat nose or a tail or no tail. They're still a sentient being that deserves to be loved and cared for, regardless of what they look like or what you perceive their behavior will be Look like. Every breed has a tendency to do X, Y, Z. Absolutely. But I can tell you. The little dogs that get the re- reputation as bark noisemakers—I think this is the most calling that they bark often—is not unfounded. But you can find a big dog that will bark just as much, maybe not as often. But Dr. Jacqueline, what's the difference between a little dog barking and a big dog barking? Why? Why do you think the big dogs will bark less than the little ones? Hmm. Doo, 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 <laughs> do because they get
0: more attention, their bark is deeper? No. I don't know, folks. I don't have
1: the answer. Yay, I stumped her. <laughs> <laughs> it is because if you uh, have the, the lowest part of your back is up to a human's knee, he can just bite you and tell you to shut up <laughs> defend <and> himself. <laughs> and he can jump on you and say, hey, hey, pet me now. Ah. where the little one goes at your toes or your ankles and at best your knees so it is size so the little one has to make we we've all seen or heard about chihuahuas or little bichon free or which whatever little size dog you want to talk about they are tend to be more high-strung. they got more space to get to us. They've they got to be louder for all these reasons. If you go in understanding these normal, everyday body limitations, like, do you expect your dog to jump over, you know, uh, your table that's, you know, six feet high? No, that would be weird if they did, because they'd probably get injured. But also, think about if you've got a little dog on a leash... And you decide to do a power walk and his legs are this long, as long as my finger, the little ones. Do you think he's going to keep up with you? No. And what you have to worry about with the shepherds or big dogs or any of the herding breeds is them overdoing. I used to ride my shepherd and we got up to miles, up to miles a time. At our at our highest, we, we could do four or five miles. But I took time. And in that training, I don't know about you, when I'm, I played as a sports my whole life, but every season I got back into tennis or track or whatever, I had to get my feet recallused. I had to get my hands recalloused. My dog had to do the same thing. Even though I took lots of time to ride with him around the block, to ride with him. At first we had to teach bike rules. Dog doesn't necessarily know how to safely ride alongside of a bicycle, especially on a busy street, which hopefully you don't have to take. But there's uh, so many dog, um, bike lanes now, not as many 20 years ago when I had my dog. So take those. They have these wonderful attachments that the leash can go straight across to the bike, and keep, and it has a um, a little bit of flexibility so that you have some give and take which is natural in biking up a hill around a quarter, teach them to stop all of these things. But my shepherd did experience a slip path where the bottom of his feet, one, one of his feet actually uh, uh, slipped off. It it just got so tired. So we really, really had to take it really slow after that to let him heal. He hated it. <laughs> he absolutely hated it. He wanted to go for a run all the time. And all I would do is let him play on the grass. That was it. Because his feet were so important to his everyday well-being. Getting back to, do you need a designer dog? If you have a medical issue that you need a specific kind of, let's say, Bichon Friget. I have a client that has a Bichon Friget. And she got it got this puppy because it is hypoallergenic 99% of the time. So she's going to places where people have mental disabilities. She's a therapist. And so she got a dog that is fluffy and cuddly. And Dr. Jacqueline, yours are like that. We have to get your pictures in here eventually. And it's hypoallergenic, the fur, the dander. They have been bred to a point so people who normally couldn't have dogs could. So maybe that's why you get a purebred, because it's designed for your physical needs. Now, for the rest of us, I don't have any of those those needs. I don't have any of those special needs of allergies or skin irritations or anything. So the shelter is my go-to place. Go to any shelter. You'll find pure breed still there, but you know what you also find? Everybody else who's looking for a home. Find one that resonates with you, not on just how pretty they are, because we all like a cute cat and a cute dog. That's not wrong, but look past it, especially the ones that you have to work at. I think some of my most rewarding relationships, and I mean people and or Animals had be, was a little bit of work, was a little bit of contest. Now, Dr. Jackson, was yours a simple thing when you got your your puppies swimmingly fast? Was terribly easy?
0: No, I mean, I I got all three of them after I got divorced, so I was mm-hmm. trying to fill a void that I had, mm-hmm. and I got the first one, and then I got the second one to keep the first one company, then the third one. There was absolutely no explanation whatsoever, so. <laughs>
1: See, look at the honesty we can laugh about then and now. And you go, yeah. Well, at least you weren't that cat lady, you know? Right, right. You were the dog lady walking around. How'd you do three? You have to share with us how. How I know they were small, but. Did you walk all three? I one? walked all three at the
0: same time. I'm going to show the picture just, again, please, but just please, imagine please the picture. I'm walking three oh, dogs at the, the same time, oh, and uh, and as I mentioned, they all passed away really one after another. But uh, it was it was people thought I was crazy because it's not easy to walk three dogs at the same time.
1: No, you four or two much better. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly thank you for not doing four but you know you could have you, you could have. i almost <laughs> did but you know that was the end. It's like i just need buttons i need balance and a lot of people think that they need another dog they need another cat the dogs will have you as their pack they don't necessarily need another dog but guess what dog parks are the thing they've been the thing for so long now because so many people are choosing pets over having children or having one child and having, having four, four dogs. So, the park industry happened to uh, work, used to work for the city park system and doing landscaping, of course. Dogs are, are given a space. They have space, specific spaces now where they'll have some sand, where they can go to the bathroom, and they have all this running space where they allow them off leash. And some parks have rules where you can't be off-leash. So that there are people who don't want to be around dogs, can be. The off-leash area usually is fenced in. So the dogs can have a great time. But what all of the owners I've talked to have said is they hate that one entitled pet owner that teaches their dog zero behavior. So it would be the same as us taking our kids... And going to somebody's house, especially right now, around Christmas or New Year's party or whatever, and then they uh, ransack their refrigerator, they j- drop juice on the ground or whatever, like grape juice is the worst. You know, all those behavioral options. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be options. Your pets are no different. You need, it's vital your relationship to not only know what you can ask of them but to expect. Our Shepherd, because I had small children, was never allowed to jump. We got him, he jumped, 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 jumped jump, 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 <laughs> jump, jump, jump everywhere around me. Everywhere. He was so excited just to be with a family again. So it took time for me to get him to stop. And then my kids could come around more and more. Eventually, of course, they And we're talking about a four and five-year-old able to walk him because he understood the difference. I had a double leash. So I had one. The girls would have one. I didn't leave them on their own to walk the dog. But I could eventually go and be on the patio reading or doing something and the girls playing with Jake. Eventually, we got Chip, And that was another German Shepherd rescue. But... You need to know what you're capable because you're going to get a big dog. You're going to get big cookies, and you're going to have a lot of food. The little ones have their place. Right now I have a client that has a Bijon Friget and she uses it for her clients. But in the pandemic, there were no face-to-face and the dog was like, oh, where is everybody? And there was the adjustment period. But a Bichon Friget is really, it's in the poodle Family, very short, white fur, so a lot to clean, to say the least. Because if he, he starts chewing on his toes, they turn brown from all the all the chewing. So you have to know if you're going to get a breed that needs maintenance. Bijon frigier has to be trimmed. Has to be. They're they're in the, the poodle family, and the fur grows. So. What I want to really, really, really instill upon you is you can find all these dogs sometimes at the shelters. Don't go to one. Put your name in at three different places or four different places, depending on how big your area is. Talk to the vets. If you've had pets, you would know a vet and say, hey, I'm looking for this kind of animal for my family, dog, whatever. And if you know anybody, here's my number. Please call me. It happens. Veterinarians will see animals. Either the um, animal regulation people will bring it to them. Sometimes that happens. They'll find them like we did. We had with Jake. He was just dropped in the back of the yard. <laughs> we asked the realtor, there's a dog here. What, what, what are we doing? He's like, I don't know. Take it home. Or you bought the house. So keep it. I'm thinking, I had two babies. 18 months, and uh, what were the other one? and and a two and a half, and now I was going to get a wild German shepherd just out of puppyhood, because he was only about two, so it can happen, but I got a lot of support, and who I am, having been with a lot of animals, so if I can walk a lion, I figured I could work on a dog, it's not always transferable, but Bijon Frigés have qualities that maybe you need the allergy. Look at the breed you're looking at. Look at the cats you're looking at. And then make space for their personalities. It's really important.
0: Um, And I thank you so much for these great tips, this great advice. I'd love us to look at training because that's also something you have expertise in the training for a
1: purebred or a mixed breed or a rescue. It's not any different, is it? No, nope. no, nope. Because it would be like saying, um, I'm going to train you different than we're going to train me, which we're going to train Sally next door or Bert down the street. What? Okay. So if you had a handicap, that'd be different. If I had only one arm, I'm gonna have to train unless the training is just cognitive. Mm-hmm. With animals, you need to go after their buttons of where to get them paying attention. And and Dr. Jacqueline, what is an animal's best button to get them to pay attention to?
0: You can motivate them with a treat. Yep, food,
1: food, it's king. Yay! One, I got one out of two today. <laughs> there you go, but it's not your forte. If I had to put a TV show together, man, I'm sinking. <laughs> you would have it in the pot, in the pocket, in seconds. So, animals are drawn by their nose. So when I'm teaching a concept, I'm going to not get a piece of bacon. I'm gonna get a piece of bacon. And I'm going to put it on either my hands if I want them to look at me, or I can put it in a cloth and have the scent there because all I want is them to focus on me so that I can teach a concept. Sit, sit. What does sit mean? And sometimes you have to, you know, the old standard push their butt down. Well, pull their, encourage their head to come up and their butt usually goes down with it. Not talking about cats. Remember, I'm not talking about cats. <laughs> That's a whole different training technique. But with dogs, this works really, really well. And you get that nose going up. And where does my butt go? Down. So these are really simple ways that you can do it. And you can have, if if you eat any um, like bacon or pork or ground beef, you can just put the the scent on your hands, and they'll lick your hands for hours. They don't need the food necessarily. Uh, beef jerky's good but be careful on how it's processed because it is dried. if you buy it from the grocery store you buy the people version it might have too much sodium or other preservatives that you don't want so either make it yourself fry some up whatever is easy for you uh, get a piece of liver There's a lot of really, really easy ways. You can get chicken, you cut it, cook it first, cut it, and you can put it in a little uh, bag where you get one piece out or peanut butter. It's a very good, very good, very good treat, especially if you want to keep them from chewing on their toes. And what happens is they get to starting to chew on their toes, First of all, you're going to need to really find out why if it's if it's really intense and their feet are, are, are itchy or bothering them. This is a vet visit, of course. But let's say it's gotten to be just a bad habit after you get the medical all checked out. Just distract them. Just distract them. Don't do it in the way we're all all connected. And, and Dr. Jacqueline, you let me know if, I, if this makes sense. You as a regular person you know, having had dogs, that if you're giving a treat and they chew on their feet and then you give a treat, do you see how it could be confused with, oh, I'm doing a good thing. It's like, no, you've got to be crystal clear about, and then you get a treat. No, you've got to break that cycle of when they put this down, they get the treat. So remember everybody, you got to make sure There's no way to perceive that what they're doing is wrong is where the treat comes in. So there are things you can put on their feet. There's tons of stuff you can look online. There's a lot of great, great pet owners that share all over online. So I'm going to leave that for you. But remember, chewing their feet. Sometimes the first place you need to go is a vet and find out if this is just a bad habit. Is there an allergy? A lot of dogs will get allergies in their feet because of contact. They've made contact with something. God forbid, if you've never uh, seen, um, I'm going to forget what they're called, they're, they're little stickers, and they burrow into the skin. I don't want really to remember what they're called. I don't know if you know, Stinkies. Dr. yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're dangerous. Because what people don't realize that if you aren't mowing or clearing or watching where your animal's walking, they're barefoot. So, again, if I'm going to take my dog on a sh- on a ride on a, uh, with a bike, I'm not going to ride five miles this first day just because they can. No, because their feet literally will fall off. It's called a slip pad. So then they can't walk at all for, for 10 or 12 weeks because... They- I don't have any protection and and it's gruesomely painful. Um, my shepherd went through that because we were doing agility and we were doing the bike and we were doing too many things. And then one day his, the pad just, just came off. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was terrible. And boy, did I feel bad, but he had no signs. So it's not always, oh, check his paw. I was checking his paws all the time but he didn't have anything until the cost slipped off and it drove him crazy that I did nothing with him. I would go out and sit in the yard. I didn't throw the ball, anything. And I couldn't keep it banded very long. He'd always chew it off. So again, talk with your vet, see what you can do to prevent what you're going through. But these stickers can be death defying. From what I understand um, in my education uh, in, in the vet clinic, They can burrow in and actually go into the heart. It is a really big deal for you to know where your dogs and cats have been. Brush them. Even the cats, they will learn to love it if you're doing it gently and kindly, especially the long-haired ones. They really, really need it. But if you need a special breed for a specific thing, then research it. See what works for you. Maybe you need help walking, standing, or a strong companion next to you as you have walking age or you're in a wheelchair. The bigger breeds work really well for you. St. Bernards are giant dogs and a lot to feed, but they're gentle giants. Most big <laughs> dogs are. If you go to the little ones, they're very opinionated. Yum, 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 yum. But they also can, not always, this is up to the person to 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 train, they also can be very fear-driven because they're so small. They're like, what do they call it? Big man syndrome, small man, little man syndromes. Little man, yeah. Yeah, yes. So just think of that poor little guy. And he's looking at all these people towering over him and feeling like they have no control. Respect that. Respect that and give them... Lots of leeway to be in control of their life when it's healthy. Not I'm saying is to let your fuzzy friends or your children of any kind run them up. Because your life will be miserable. And sadly, that's how many, many animals get taken to the shelter. Because somebody didn't know what breed they were getting. They weren't prepared for what kind of training they needed. And they didn't feel like they could do it themselves or afford to. Biggest thing is if you can't afford it, don't adopt. Wait. Go to the shelters. Clean cages. Talk to them. They have book reading sessions with the kids. Adults can do the same. They can go and volunteer and see where you are with pets. Learn from the people at the shelters. You'll learn so much from these people who are dealing with every known breed to not just man, but every planet. There's some very strange mixed dogs out there and you're like, what happened here? <laughs> um, and I and you've seen um, not just the corgis. Um, I can't remember the breed right now, but they are solid little tanks and little bitty eggs. So they have a great deal of spine issues because they're too long for their tiny legs to support that spine. They don't have enough balance. But again, humans breeding cute dogs and fun dogs, not structurally sound dogs.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there's not a lot of... uh safety considerations and health considerations right. that need to be taken into pl- into consideration. So thanks for sharing that because that's something I wasn't aware of. I'd love for you as we come to the end of the show, can you talk to people about uh, how you work with them as a trainer? Because you can actually, you don't have to be physically there in the same room, do you?
1: No, uh, luckily with this lovely modality of not only um, this platform, but YouTube and video phone and all of these things. I have clients all over the world and in Europe, believe it or not, I had a, a couple of clients that moved there. And so I talked to them uh, at least every couple of months so that I can uh, game plan. What the big thing is, is just getting connected and saying, how can I tailor it to your needs at that moment? We all change every day. I can come downstairs and say, "Hey, I'm going to do this, 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 this," and I know Dr. Jacqueline in the same way. And we get to this one, <laughs> not this one or this one, because oh, this was really important. The same with planning to get a trainer. Please, if it's your first animal, or your first animal as an adult, or your first cat. Please talk to someone and not just your neighbor, not just your best girlfriend, boyfriend, neighbor down the street guy that runs. Yet I always get three or five, an odd number of of input on an important decision that I go to professionals to say, how do you do this? Let me use you, Dr. Declan, for a minute as my example. If I wanted to start my own TV channel, I would go to a person like you who did it herself, who works on it every day, who's got this wonderful, wonderful following now because of all the work you've put in. I would want to say, I see that she's done all this work and I see that she is successful. So this is the person I want to talk to. And maybe somebody who's closed their channel, what did they learn? and they've retired. Surround yourself with people that support you, support your pets and the professionals. You can get a groomer, you can get a great vet, you can get a great pet sitter. That is really, really important if you ever travel or need to be gone or you know somebody, if God forbid you get sick and need to have somebody step in to help with walks. There's a lot of people online that do all of these things. Surround yourself with experts. If it doesn't feel right for you, find some other information. We're not all perfect fits for everybody. I might say four things you agree with and two you don't. That's okay. It's okay. It's not about being personal. I want you to make it personal with you and your pet. So that's what's really, really important. Did I even get close to answering your question.
0: I think you did, yes, (laughs) yes you did. And so we just would encourage everyone to really do your research. And what we provide is education. So that's what Pet Psychic Amina is giving here. And if you want to contact her, we highly encourage that you do, that you reach out, that you follow her on social media. We've gotten a lot of really great comments recently. So thank you for those. So Pet Psychic Amina, how do people connect with you and how do they reach out to you?
1: Everything, all my social media, all of it, I put it in one place. So you just have one link and that's bridgingworlds.us. B-R-I-D-G-I-N-G-W-O-R-L-D-S dot U-S. So I try to put everything up there, all the links to all the social media, and I give a great deal of free, like I'm doing here, information, because my goal, first and foremost, is the welfare and coexisting of the animal world with the people world and vice versa. We can all do better. We can all love better. And like Dr. Jackson will tell you, she stops squishing the ants. She, I, she can have this mosquitoes. I don't, I don't care what you do with mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so racist. I, I, there you go. There's my racist for you. But uh, they all have a reason. And we talked about her spiders. If you go back to our early issues, and she, you know, move the spider to the left, move the spider to the right. <laughs> Remember, they eat the mosquitoes. That's right. That's right. They are, are the right. Sure, I have a list this this long, getting longer every day to ask God about wh- wh- why? <laughs> what,
0: why, <laughs> what, but until then, we'll just keep respecting all exactly. the creatures and finding space. And exactly, yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for a great way to start. Thank you, thank you for getting up early and being with us today. Next week, we'll be back at our regularly scheduled time, which is noon Pacific Daylight Time, which is also gosh, it's 3 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Daylight Time, which is 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. So thank you, everybody. And thank you, Amin, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too, have fun thank out you. there. All right, thanks, bye for now. And thanks to each and every one of you. I do wanna give a special thank you. I'm doing this today on all of our shows. A little while ago, maybe a month or so ago, on our show Entrepreneur and So Much More, a stage that I share with Justin Rigliani, we had a special guest. His name is Joseph Del Campo. He is a professional photographer. He is in the... Philadelphia, New Jersey region of the United States, and he came on our show, and he shared about his passion of photography, and lo and behold, a few days ago, a package was delivered. He got my address from Justin, and he sent me this beautiful photograph, which is Exceptional! I'm I'm so touched. He just sent it to me as a thank you for promoting him and his work, and so I have it here in the studio. And he had asked me not to say anything about it, not to share it. And I reached out to him. And I said, "I'm looking at it every day, and I really love it." And he said, "Okay, you can let people know." So I did create um, comments so that you can reach out to him. So if you're interested in having somebody do a professional photography shoot for you. This is your guy. His name is Joseph Del Campo. And you can also see his work on his website. The website is jdc, like Joseph Del Campo, photog, like photographer, p-h-o-t-o-g.com. And again, here is one of his most popular pieces. So please do go over to his website. I really encourage everyone just like Amina being here, people are here sharing their experience and their expertise. And I want you to, to support them and get to know them because you don't know how your life is going to be enriched by reaching out to somebody else. That's why people are here. That's why I'm here. You know how to contact me. Go over to our website, usaglobaltv.com slash contact us. If you'd like to be a guest on any of our shows, that's the same way to do that. Go over to our website again, usaglobaltv.com. Our next show is coming up. It is Talking Heads and we're going to be delighted and educated by Dr. Madeline Chan. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Thank you.